Hello, everybody. So today I'm thrilled to welcome the presentation skill coach and author Fern Chen to the Authors on Missions show. Fern is an author of How to Not Suck at Presentations, really great title. Uh, <laughs> with humor and easily applicable tips, Fern guides readers through transforming from indistinguishable to instant standout presenters. She shares an unforgettable formula for connecting with audiences, making messages memorable, and overcoming death by PowerPoint. Fern draws from her experience keynoting at the United Nations and coaching over 200 clients on leveling up their presentation abilities. Uh, listeners can expect practical takeaways to stop losing listeners and start creating raving fans where whether they present in person or virtually. We'll also discuss about her author journey, like what was her process of writing the book and then how exactly did she she get the book cover design, which is lovely. And uh, then also how did it publish, uh, then the marketing, how she's using the book to grow her business. We'll discuss the entire journey right today. Thank you so much, Fern, for joining in today. Vikrant, thank you for that amazing introduction. I'm, I'm kind of so flattered and honored to be on your <laughs> show. So thank you for having me. Great. I'm really excited for this talk. So I noticed uh, on your website that you have a course and a coaching program as well. Did you write the book first and then build the course and coaching or is the other way around? I did actually. So I wrote the book first. Um, this was at the height of the pandemic. I was stuck at home, um, a lot of Zoom calls. <laughs> <laughs> and and suffering through like a lot of people, right? It's like everybody was turning into zombies. And you know, I do a lot of presentations before in person and uh, online. And I just thought they gotta be a better way. Yeah. <laughs> this this might you know take a while uh, before we come back into in person events. But I'm like, there has to be a better way for us to get our message across so that we don't lose people along the way. Because I you know I what I found was people have a lot of value a lot of knowledge a lot of genius they can share it's just that in that execution they give so much they overwhelm and then nobody remembers anything moment you stop talking and that is such a shame it's like oh my god if I spent all that effort to just put to share my knowledge with you and then it just like yeah. you don't remember anything I've just wasted your time my time ain't nobody yeah. got time for that <laughs> right I mean <laughs> that's the biggest shame right I, I would just feel like, I would not want that to happen to me. I would not happen to you. That, you know, that's like, we. you have genius, you have value to share with the world. So let's make sure we get it out there and make sure that that message sticks. Got it. So what were you doing before pandemic? Like, So I was working in higher education. So I do a lot of um, professional development training, a lot of crisis communication training with law enforcement officers. So one of the things that I did was train them to, what we call de-escalate, right? How do we get them to communicate with other people so that they would not have to reach for their weapons? So we, we have a saying that says, talk down before the takedown, right? So how can I teach you to use your communication skills before you have to use any other weapon on your tool belt? So for me, I had to make sure that my lesson would stick. How I'm gonna get you, because I'm not a cop, right? But I'm gonna get the trust of these law enforcement officers. And I work in New York, so I'm talking about New York City NYPD officers here, <laughs> who are very, one perhaps a little bit more, you know, um, have a bit more bravado uh, because they have to deal with so much. Uh, respect to people who, who work in this yeah. field, by the way. So it's like, well, how am I going to help you to do your job so that everybody everybody gets home safe, right? So mm -hmm. for me, that was more than just getting my message sick because to some level, lives are at stake. 
Because if I can get you to communicate with the person who's in distress because they might be threatening to harm themselves or somebody else and you get them to put down that knife so that everybody gets home safe, then guess what? I want you to be able to listen and use the skills that I'm teaching you. So a lot of it came from the work that I was doing um, that then, you know, brought me to the United Nations and all these other places. But at the core of it, it's like, how can I help solve a problem for you? And that's why I wrote the book, right? The, the journey is like, how do I help somebody become a better presenter so that their ideas and their messages cuts through all of that, through all the techniques that I was sharing so that it becomes a message that's memorable, it's dynamic, and people remember you. They might not remember what you say, but they remember how you make them feel, right? I'm quoting mm -hmm. Maya Angelou here, but that's how people remember. It's like, people don't remember boring. <laughs> so if you're boring and it's like, you know, tw 20 bullet points in on the first slide, you're like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that to your audience, right? It's, it's, it's overwhelmed and the people don't remember anything when they're overwhelmed. But if you tease it out a little bit, you share a little, you know what? Do you want to know how I can get you to, do you want to know how I can stop somebody from screaming and yelling at you and get them to buy into your suggestion? Would you like to know how to come away cool as a cucumber so you know what to say? People, yeah, Good I want to know. Right. Yes. So I think that's how I came about with like, you know, the, the ideas that I had is like this book that I wrote has to be a way to solve a problem. And that's that's how I teach. And that's how I, I believe in anything that you do. Right. It's like, why would people want this information? Because there's something that they're stuck at. Right. So whether it's like I'm stuck at, you know, because I really suck at presentation or like um, I'm really afraid of public speaking or I, I, you know, I just I don't know how to format my information. But most people don't think about it. They sort of watch somebody do a, a presentation or they've seen it with their lecturers or whoever they've seen. And it's just boring bullet points after bullet points after bullet points. Right. And then they think, oh, this is how I do it. And they copy a really bad example. And then it's just like a, a vicious cycle. And then they start to treat like a teleprompter. And we all seen those slides that have like bullet points of just yeah. lines and lines. And then the presenter is like, read line from like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is like, rescue me, bad signal, somebody. So um, so that was the impetus for me to write the book. So I first wrote the book. And then I thought, oh, this this could be, what's the next level, right? It's one thing to read, but I, I don't know what kind of learner you are, but some people like to see mm. things in action. Yeah. So the book then lended, lent itself to being able to, transform itself into a digital course. So every chapter I sort of tackle like a specific topic. So it's like, okay, well, I can tease this out into a module. And again, putting on my educator hat, because I have that background, how do I then transform each um, chapter into a module of which I can, you know, make it into a course, but then show them, right? Because there's some things that I can't show in a book, like this is where you click this button when yeah. you want to upload these things. Yeah. Because so much of presentations too, sometimes people share the screen and we all know what happens when we share a screen in Zoom, poof, your, your, your um, panel goes away. It's like, oh, where's, where's, you know, you're looking for buttons, you're freaking out. And then you're like, oh, where did my comment section go? So the, all of those sort of things that I include in the video, which is hard to describe in the book, but then you get mm -hmm. to do like technical walkthroughs and show people, right? So some mm -hmm. people are more visual learners, so this way they can walk through it. So that's a very powerful thing to do. So I did the book, uh, which then I took up to the next level of digital course. And then, and then after that, I built my coaching practice on that because that makes total sense. Some people need a little bit more handholding because how many of us buy courses and then don't finish? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my, I, I am the queen. <laughs> right? I was like, oh my God, I have all the time in the world to learn. And that's great, right? That's why we do these things because we want to give people the freedom to do it. But it's like, oh, I spent all this money and I didn't do it. Listen, it's, it's okay. No Don't put yourself up. That's why we do like a coaching program. That's why I offer the, the group coaching. Now, let me walk you through this so you actually do the work. I provide you the safe space. We will put it in action. And at the end of the six-week program, you will have done the work. You will have created your, your, your keynote presentation, whatever it is. You would have put these things into practice, right? Because it's like, you can do feedback. Because I know myself too. It's like, oh, I can sign up. It's like, oh, unless somebody <laughs> holds my feet accountable to the fire, show up on this day. Here's your assigned homework. You're going to do these things. But okay, other people are depending on me. It's like going to the gym. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Going by yourself, not so much. Other people showing up, trainer looking at you, do this, do the reps. I'm there. I'm there. So you had no idea that you would be creating courses and coaching after, like when you were writing the book, or where you have these things in mind that the next step is the coaching and the courses. So I had it more like a, a like as a side hustle, right? For me, I was still in my full time nine to job, a nine to five job, and I'm like, oh, this is just a book. I write, to be able to say I wrote a book. So I think that's one of the most powerful things, um, to be able to say I wrote a book. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, that's like legacy <laughs> to mm. to have something published out there in the world, even if it's your mom buying it, right? You can say, hey, you can go to Amazon and find my book. It's it's there for sale. It has an ISBN code. It's like, you know, all those sort of nerdy things that you can say. You can find this book on the shelf at, you know, all these bookstores. So that for me was like, that would be amazing to have something, right? I think a lot of people say like, if I could write a book, all of us have a book in us. It just has to be like, well, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or whatever it is, you know, share a part of yourself. It's like, legacy building so um so for me it was like okay it's great it gives me some authority I can use it as like a business card um but then it, it morphed into something more it's like oh I, I could do more than this because then people would say you know when I love the book um how can I learn more I'm like oh and I didn't have the time because right, I still had my full-time job I'm like you know what let me create this course and then I will put it out there so you can then you know learn at this other um, form and then you know when things it got to the point where I was like you know what I think I can go all in on my business now. So I left my job uh, just this June. Great, great. <laughs> I'm all in on my business, right? So it went from book to digital course to group coaching. And then I'm going to next year launch some, you know, high ticket one-on-one -on -one coaching where it's like, hey, how can I get you to that point where you are up there being the badass on stage? And so it's, it's, so it's a journey, but I embrace it. And actually, I'm actually running a, a boot camp to help people do the same thing. So if you have an idea and you want to turn it into income, uh, let me help you just using the same process I did, right? Creating like an ebook of which you can turn into your course. Then you have digital assets out there that you can put on autopilot and start selling and then make money while you're sleeping. That's, that's the goal, right? And, having that uh, means of having a passive income. Um, if you want to do this, if you still have a full-time job, or if you're branching on, you're thinking about going into entrepreneurship. So there's so many things that you can do. Uh, and I think just having one a book would be so helpful, but then converting that book into a course, also very helpful. But I will have a caveat on that. It would be much easier if it's like a self-help book and not a fiction book, because yeah. it's hard to like figure that out. So this only works for those sort of self-help, how do I solve a problem type um, book. Yeah, right. And how do you price the different levels of programs you have? Like uh, the book, of course, 
yeah. what's the price on that and then the the, the course mm. and the coaching program and then you're going to be having a one on one high ticket so oh, for sure so i think you have to look at the market right to not price yourself out of the market because then other people will be like okay well what makes your book so special that you're charging $99 when it's not that thick a book it's only you know um so if you're going to sell on any uh, bookseller's place i would say look at the niche in your market and sort of see what books go for right if you're selling a a a, a hardcover most hardcovers are selling at 27.99 i'm talking us dollars here so a hardcover uh, $27.99, right? That's about the going rate. Paperback could be about $15, 12 depending on what it is. I price my book, it's now probably at $20. It's not a thick book, but I printed it in color. So I added that extra premium that I can charge more for something that probably would be a lot less. But don't forget, if you're printing in color, your price of uh, printing goes up too, right? So that's one way to look at it, but also look at it in terms of um, I use it like a business card. So even if I had the ebook at $2.99, you know, sometimes if you're a Kindle um, subscriber, you get it for free. And it's okay because, you know, you, you build in other ways because you're just trying to get a wider reach. Um, and there's definitely other ways to promote your book. But, you know, think about the intent of what you want this book to do for you. Is it like a lead magnet for you to just get people into your world for them to get to know you? And this is also how you can build authority. If you have a published book, you can say, I'm a published author, right? Now, it, there's a lot more involved in, in getting the book out there. You know, it's one thing writing the book, but then you get to the world of book publishing, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> That's, there's a lot more involved on the back end. Uh, and some people just choose to do an ebook and not worry about putting it out there. It's like, I'm just going to sell it on my own site. You can absolutely do that too, right? But then you you might not get the, the bragging rights of being a published author that you can sell it on Amazon as an actual book listing. Yeah. What about the 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 pricing the the courses and the coaching program and one on one? So I would say multiply it by ten, hmm. right, or more. So if what you're providing is of value here, so this is like creating a a value ladder. Um, I think many people in the marketing world, if you're familiar with 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 the works of Dean Graciosi, Tony Robbins, um, Russell Brunson, you know. All these sort of people all have what they call a value ladder. So your entry point will be, say, your book. So let's say you're charging your book for 20 bucks, right? The next thing you should think of is like, well, how do I, the next thing I'm going to offer, which is a course, even though it's, you know, standalone, you can do it in your own time, you still have to take time to, to create it, right? So I say multiply it by 10, charge $200, <laughs> you just put it out there because now it's like, oh, now you get to see video. Now you get to do other things that are, you know, more sensory. So how do you package up that value in a sense that then, hey, you can do this. And then again, same thing with the next level up, right? Multiply it by another 10. So if, if the if the digital course is 200, then guess what? My group coaching program is 2000. But you need to add that value for every step. What is the value add that then people will feel justified paying that 10 times more than before? Because when you get a lot more from my $2,000 program than my $20 book, but you also don't want to turn people away who can't afford that, right? So it's like, you know what? It's, it's not for everyone and it's okay that, you know, you're not there yet. But guess what? You can take my course for $200. You're not there yet. It's okay. You can pick up my book for 20, right? So you give people options. So when they're ready, they can go up the ladder with you or, or come down 
and and that's how you know you can build it up right but always make sure that when you're increasing the price what is the value add that you're throwing in there is it you know you also have to think about terms of access for me right the book you can read perfect yeah the the, the digital course you see me doing some stuff great sort of like evergreen content the coaching program where it's like 10 times more than the digital program you're working with me in a group but i'm giving you feedback you want my time one-on-one twenty thousand dollars let's go baby <laughs> so again right it, the you know how do you limit that access so that you can build the value where it's like oh i i i you know i i, I don't want to share my time with her i want to you know build you know do more things where it's more exclusive then you have the authority to be able to say, okay, well, you know, it's like a retainer, right? And believe it or not, people who pay that much don't bother you as much <laughs> because they're like, I only need it for when I need it, but I want to have the access to you on call. So that's that's just how, um, you know, I've structured my business in that sense. So, you know, and it starts out with a book. Got it, or, yeah. <laughs> that's the reverse too, right? I mean, I think there are other, entrepreneurs and coaches out there who hadn't thought about doing these other things. They might be doing a lot of consulting, Then how do you build these other assets that can then help bring other people into your world? So it's part of like your ecosystem. So actually 80% of the clients that we have worked with, they do the other way around. Like they already have their coaching program or a video course or a high ticket one-on-one. And then they write a book so that they can actually have, use it as a business card and then, uh, turn those readers into their clients. Uh, we've also got some clients like this, but very few clients like you, like who start their entire journey from the book, yeah. right? So they go step by step. But of course, that's also really great because you um, know the nitty gritty, like you have uh, writing a book, like what do you think how it is, how different it is to write a book and then creating a course, right? What's the difference you have seen and experienced? Um, yeah, you know what? Editing, I think is part of it because, you know, like I said, I came from the world of education, higher education. So I was, you know, doing curriculum development, producing courses and all this sort of stuff. It's very different from when you have to write this. (laughs) How can I, Mm. you know, explain this in words that also make sense to a reader, right? That will keep them wanting to read the book. Um, So I think you have to, you know, turn it the other way around too and also um like again some things don't translate on on paper as well like you know technical things that you know this is better it's just easier if i show you (laughs) Uh, and it takes so long to explain on a page so how can we you know tease that out into a medium that works on paper better than on on um Uh, on video or anything else right so I think um, there's a different process but also there has to be a discipline to it writing takes discipline right sometimes words fail you (laughs) so when I wrote the book there was no chat GPT that everything came from like my brain (laughs) and then it you know like it takes a few drafts it takes a while for you to get into the rhythm of what you want to say and some people are not so easy not so good at writing, but they can speak it. So, you know, if you're a better person that you just record your thoughts, record it, have it transcribed. So this way you can look at your words and go, oh, this is what I mean. And you can tease it out, right? Because sometimes we just need to have some ideas for us to like, you know, do it. Uh, I would say get into a practice. You have to dedicate that time. That's just you time where you sort of think where your mind is at its 
optimum. <laughs> I try to do it before the kids wake up or I have to make this, you know, pack their lunches for school and that sort of stuff. So like, when is that quiet time that I can do this dedicated time of writing where I can pull my thoughts? Now, if you've already created the course and it's easy, look, look at your, look at your syllabus, right? Look at your modules and how can I use these modules and break it into chapters? Um, that I can then, you know, uh, tell little stories about anecdotes to make it a bit more alive um, that, you know, will make the reader want to still read. Here's the thing. Why do people read books? Right. People want to escape a little bit. They, they want to be entertained. Right? Why? I mean, I love reading a good murder mystery. Oh, give me Agatha Christie anytime. <laughs> right? It's like, like a good whodunit because you want it. So you, even though it's a it's a self help book, you need to write it in a way that's like gonna keep the reader interested. So I can infuse some of these things that make a reader want to read a book. Right. So I think it's important to always remember like what's the audience experience. Ask yourself why do readers why do I read a book? Right. I'm either I'm trying to find answers or I'm trying to be entertained or like oh god. I just want to know what this person's life was like because, you know, I want to know um, how he became you know, the rags to riches story. That, those are all like people want to see themselves in the story, right? So how sure. can you write a story in that way too to make your content appeal to your reader using some of these techniques as to why people read books? Yeah. How much time, do you remember how much time it took you to write this book? Like how many months? Um, so it was, I started the process in say March when I decided to put it together um, and I published, self-published by October. So I like to say uh -huh. this was like a child. <laughs> With plenty of labor pains along the way. <laughs> you know, it, it was, you know, it's not just writing and when you're writing, especially if you're going to self-publish or use a, a, a service like yours, um, you have to separate yourself a little bit and and get an editor, right? And 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 make sure that you have a third party looking at it who's not so attached to your work. Um, you know, if you want a book to really sell and stand out, hire a designer to design your cover. You know, don't don't be cheap on certain things. I <laughs> said like mm -hmm. you want it to be professional, make sure it's something that's like, hey, this needs to look like I just didn't pop it together in like, you know, my own PowerPoint design. No, get pay the money because this is so much of your genius you're putting out there then invest in yourself invest in other parts that you are not strong at to get it to this professional level where it looks like oh yeah this looks like a book that Simon and Schuster would publish or Harper Collins mm. would publish <laughs> so yeah but that's you know the the, the that comes into the book publishing side of things right mm. don't get your cousin to do it <laughs> <laughs> they know like oh you know you dabble on um, design on the side you can design my book cover <laughs> and what was your process to coming up with the title like title of the book because i've seen that your title is very direct right anyone who is looking on amazon they know that and if they are looking for a presentation book they know that this book is for me including the subtitle like transform your presentations skills from boring to badass like it's completely direct right so uh, how how did you do it like what was your process of creating the title and the subtitle of the book so part of it too is you know, i'm a little direct maybe not you know i i've become a lot better but <laughs> something like um 
you have to think in terms of what people are looking for. So I was very um, intentional with my title because I'm also thinking about how would this, how would, what would people look for on the internet, right? If they're looking for answers, so many people put in the search bar how to, right? how to do this, how to do that. Because if, I mean, just look through your Google history. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I do this? Or, you know, so I was intentional because if I want people to buy my book and they go, well, how do I do presentations? Right. But I also wanted to do a patent interrupt because when you say how to not suck, I'm like oh, <laughs> that suck is a big word up there. And, you know, yeah. it might it might actually offend some people and it's OK if it offends you, then then it's not for you. <laughs> and, and I'm OK with that. Right. It's like but if you think you can go, oh, God, I suck at presentations. How do I, I don't want to suck Then I want to know. Right. Because I want to be I want to go from boring to badass. I want to be a badass. You, know? you don't be a jackass. <laughs> How do I, you know, make sure that the title also like grabs people's attention? Right. So again, I, I sort of made suck quite big. And as you can see, I would mm -hmm. never know why I'm pointing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so people go, oh, you know, so it's either like it got attention and then people stop because they're going to mm -hmm. look, but then they'll read the title and go, yeah, I want to know how to not suck at that. Right. Mm -hmm. So always look for things that like, what are people searching for? But I think that also has to be clarity in your title. Sometimes, you know, being clever doesn't get the message across. You have to like yeah. be clear about what they're going to get from this book. So if you look at the title of my book, it's very clear. It's a book about presentation skills, how to not suck at it. Do <laughs> you go from boring to bad? So look at um, so here's a tip if you are looking at how to title your books, look at top sellers in nonfiction. Right. One of my brain, my favorite books um, and also my brain coach is Jim Quick. He write, he wrote the book Limitless, you know, expand your mind. And, you know, he just came out with the second edition, Limitless Expanded. Uh, and, you know, if you look at the title and then you look at the subtitle, it, you know, did it make you want to pick up the book and read? So what other mm. things that you read? Look at all the titles and see how did they craft that so I can show some form of change. Right. Again, some form of transformation in the title. I mean, use the damn word transform, right? But it's like, how can you show a, go from A to Z, right? How do you go from zero to hero in, in like three seconds or what, whatever? Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, something that will keep the audience wanting to know more. Then you go, I want to read this book. Yeah, same here. Like uh, from my book title as well, it starts with how to, and the title is how to write a bestseller, right? And of course yeah. we have a subtitle where it, I think it covers... Uh, nine step to write, publish, market the book, and then uh, make prof profit out of it. Something like that. Uh, so um, there's, it's a one thing to write a book and then publish it and make it available to the world. And it's another thing to use the book to grow your brand, get more clients. You have built the entire business uh, by having this book as a foundation. What are the three or four things that you did to use the book to build your reputation, establish your authority in the market, and then also using the book to getting more clients for your courses and coaching program? Um, so that's, it's a several prong approach, but uh, one easy thing that you should always include in the book is to make sure that you have a means to give your reader something 
so mm. they can download something where you can capture their emails. One, always important, right? Whether you put a QR code or something in there, um, I'm going to be redoing the book second edition where I'm going to be adding more value in there. So this way I can have a means to capture because when you when you send your book up into Amazon and people buy it, you don't know who buys your book. You can't get the emails. So how can you create a way for people to still opt into your world? Like, hey, do you want to know the free video training in this book? Scan this QR code and then we'll take them to your site to get so you can get their emails and then nurture that relationship. Right. So, you know, not only do you get the book, you get a little extra if you go to this site. Right. So I have the end of at the end of every chapter I have, hey, if you want to get the prompts down here, you know, just go and email, um, drop your email here and then you can, you know, get all of the like like a workbook. So mm. you can do all those sort of things. Right. So you you want to make sure you can get people's emails. So that's just within the book itself. And here's the thing. You 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 have to kind of I like to say, like, I'm the queen of shameless self-promotion. You're going to have to tell people about your book. Right. And, and share certain things of value you from your book so i lean heavily on on social media even in my personal platform but because i was writing a how-to book i really leverage my um platform on linkedin to send my to, to make sure that i can give things of value so you know just be little tips like hey do you struggle with this let me tell you three things you can do really easily um and then it's like you know what if you want to know more you can pick up my book but you can also make that in your profile right i put best-selling author because i managed to reach that status on 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 Amazon. So best-selling author of how to not suck at presentations, you know, helping entrepreneurs and professionals create um, memorable presentations at stake or whatever, whatever your profile is so people can see it. So when they hover over your name and go, oh, who is Fern Chan? Oh, she's an author. Oh, and she helps people with this. So, but you have to give value that then lends yourself to like, hey, what did I write in my book? Maybe you can read a little passage or, you know what? I taught this in my book and I'm going to show you how I did this. So you give a little bit of value. So this way they can see how, um, you know, one, they can read from and two, you build more authority, right? And don't be afraid to share your tips. Don't be afraid to give things away. And I think people have this fear of like, oh, well, then if I give all my tips away, you know what? They're, they're not going to buy the course. So here's the thing. Mm. Not everybody's on the platform every day watching your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We put it out every day, so it feels like that, right? Yeah. However, you get new followers all the time. They might not know you, but you keep getting that value, right? Hey, listen, um, let me show you. you know, I found this really cool thing. So one of the things I did was like, I found this really cool hack. We can do this on PowerPoint. Let me show you. So I just did like a screen record. And then it was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Guess what? You now have another digital asset that you can use in your library that you can then recycle out there a few months down, right? Because people have like short-term memories. They don't remember. <laughs> it's okay for you to recycle content. Don't drive yourself crazy, <laughs> right? And put it out there. But again, always tell people like, hey, this is what I can do for you, right? Did you find this valuable? Drop a, a thumbs up or something, and then you get more engagement that way. You don't always have to push for a sale, right? Build your authority, show how much value you give to people. And then when you have a promotion or when you're running your next course or your next launch, then you have people who are like, oh, I keep following for her because she always shows me how to do certain things. And when I say, hey, listen, um, my enrollment is up for my next cohort. If you're ready to become a powerhouse presenter, come join me right? Because then it's like, it's open. <laughs> it's there for you. You don't have to take it. But if you've gotten value and you know, work with me more, you have this opportunity. And then you have to keep giving more value you know, as you go throughout. But again, right? Um, why did you write the book in the first place? So much of it is sharing your knowledge. So share your knowledge. Don't be afraid of people taking it. It's like, that's like the biggest form of flattery. <laughs> Even yeah. better, 
borrow somebody else's go you know what i really like the way he did and then put your spin on it that's what people do on instagram right they remix people's reels by saying see this is what he said and i agree (laughs) right and they get like a gazillion Mm -hmm. i was watching an interview of ramit sethi like who's an author of i'll teach you how to be rich uh he's a multi-million dollars um He's mm. built this business like in in the back end of the book, yeah. um, and someone asked like, why do you share all of these stuff for free on YouTube and all the different podcasts? And he share he uh, told the 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 person that I share more than ninety percent of the stuff that is in the course for free on YouTube and podcast. I don't care like uh, if someone will uh, like not everyone is going to go through the entire. We like YouTube videos and all the blogs that I've written. Um, it's you. You have to position yourself in such a way that if the person is offering this much of value completely for free, then what kind of value I'll get when I'll enroll in the course or the coaching program? This is the way. Like you have to establish your brand. Exactly. So yeah, think of and, it as like when you're being generous, your return of on investment will be a lot more, right? But if you're stingy about giving away stuff, then you're going to get kind of stingy people. So when you give away more, you get people who are willing to pay more. So. Right, sure. Um, Do you have any numbers, like how many leads you are generating from the book, from the lead magnet on the on the monthly basis? Um, I'm so bad at tracking my own analytics and I'll be very, <laughs> you know, like, um, what I can say is I have a, a healthy return on the royalties. So every month I have a royalty check from um, Amazon. So thank you. Uh, so, but in terms of like the, the prompt, not so much, but you know what I, I have to, it's because it's my, my, my bad, right. I'm not checking the, 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 the tracking as I, as well as I should be, because I'm so busy doing all the other things in my business, <laughs> that part has fallen down um, the hole, but, um, but I, but I know, right. Cause when people sign up, I have a very specific mm. link so that I know like, oh, this pers- person bought the book because it has this um, tag at the end. So I, then I know it's like, oh, own, then I know for sure that this was from a book sale and not from anywhere else versus like somebody who joined my webinar, who joined me later, or they, you know, came into my world by taking my quiz or whatever it is. They, you know, I they, there's certain tags, um, but yeah, a bit slack on falling out. Like, like so many of the people that you have, right? When you're a solopreneur, authorpreneur, mompreneur, all those sort of things, you're wearing right. like a gazillion hats. Uh, but I'm I'm very thankful and blessed that other parts of my engine work well. Um, that I haven't had time to look at the analytics, but if I pay a bit more attention, I'm sure I'd I'd, I'd be able to uh, hone those other parts in, right? You also do keynote speaking, right? I, I do when they when I get asked. So yeah, I've I've, I've been very blessed that I w- I've spoken at the U.S. Navy. Um, it was like oh boy, so many levels of clearance. I can't even like. <laughs> It takes like six months. It's like okay, uh, you know, it's like they're they're based where I was talking about um mental health issues because that's something else that I, I I taught. So they said, you know what, we'd love for you to speak. Uh, and then when I was at the UN, it was it was you know talking again about like how do you deal with these sort of situations when you might have protesters <laughs> or other things. So so it's not so much. So yes, I teach on presentation, but because I'm known in other areas of my expertise, I use my presentation skills to make sure that what I present in those sort of arenas matches the audience. Um, they get some value out of it and they are actually engaged listeners. And also they feel like, oh, wow, that's, you know, we got to have her back. 
because that's the ultimate mm-hmm. goal, right? If you want to do that sort of keynote speaking. And sometimes it's more like, um, you know, I've been asked to go and do some training at certain areas. Like, you know, um, there are certain services that say, you know what, we need we need people who who need the skill set. Can you come and do training and and do this sort of um, very specific workforce development? We have to learn a skill set. I said absolutely. So let me show you what I can do. So again, anything that's in that sort of wheelhouse of communication. How do we de-escalate? How do we communicate in crisis? How do we do customer service? How do we do all those sort of things? Easy, easy for me, right? It's like if I can teach cops how to do this, I can teach the the person at the front desk who has to deal with a you know a, a mean customer. To, to then let them, you know, have a still white glove experience at the end and remain professional. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 one avenue that can also highlight many other things within my skill set. And uh, what do you think? Which uh, machine in the entire engine is generating most of the revenue for you? Like, is it book sales or? Video courses, coaching program, training, or the speaking engagements that you're doing? Well, there, the speaking engagements, depending, I mean, they're definitely a more high cost, you know, so I don't have to do that many to get a really high return. So that's nice. Um, but, you know, they, they, they're, you, if you want something a bit more predictable where you can have it automated, then I would say it's my group coaching program because that's also the one where it's somewhat you know, higher ticket where if I can get a cohort together, then I, you know, that's something that runs, right? So you, the same amount of effort it takes to sell a $10 product, <laughs> it's the same mm-hmm. as how you want to sell a, a $10,000 product, right? So I'd rather sell a higher ticket item than have to put in all of that effort, but I have all the other things in there. Should they not, you know, should they have an option to come in at a lower level? So I focus more on that, my coaching program because that helps more people it gets accountability and that one is also time right for me it's like if I run this every quarter because it's like six weeks so I can run it in January and after that you know run the next session then the next session then I have a, a time cycle to get people in through the door that way so this way you can then also schedule out how you want to promote your courses how you want to do that and at the end of each cohort you get testimonials so you get people can speak about how the program worked yeah. for you then you use that as your, your next round of you know um marketing right so you you have to be quite intentional and also figure out a way to make it sort of um serve the the all the other areas so you can promote every part of the thing that's part of your ecosystem like i said you have you have a book you have a course you have a maybe you have a coaching program maybe it's a it's a high ticket maybe one whatever it is that you offer, but make it so that it's part of your ecosystem that one can feed into the other and you don't want to have to duplicate efforts, right? So what can you do one time, chop it up <laughs> and then send out as a way to get people to know you, know, like, and trust you, right? As, as an authority in this figure. But what I also do too is sometimes not always about the book. I share people the journey, like, you know, what's it like to be a mompreneur? What is it like to, to, um, to do the things that I do, but still keep myself sane? And sometimes it's the, it's, it's, not the pretty stuff, right? The, the God, I'm at the gym. I'm, I'm kind of like, don't want to do it, but I'm here <laughs> because if I don't keep myself healthy, then I can't run my business. So, you know, I share those behind the scenes, the ugly, no makeup, no, those ones get the most views. <laughs> the mess. It's <laughs> like, oh, because people can relate to that, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, sure. also going to be like somebody who's an aspiring mompreneur who has an idea, would like to do that, they can go, oh, she 
she has to struggle with getting the kids out of bed and ready for school and all of these things and, you know, PTA meetings, and, you know, and still run a business. If she can do it, I can do it. So that's mm-hmm. the other thing that you can do too, in terms of like, you know, how do you um, sort of share content? It doesn't always have to be about the book, but it can also go to you as a person. What do you value? What do you stand for? Because don't forget, people also buy from you because they like you, right? They can trust you or they can say, I can relate to that. People can look at me and go, you know what? There's so few, I wouldn't say, okay, loud, <laughs> uh, loud, outspoken Asian women out there who can speak on these sort of things because, you know, for better or worse, and I don't believe this to be true, but yes, I know there is this perception that a lot of Asians uh, are more on the quiet side. They're not, they're not loud, right? They're, they're, you know, a little bit behind the scenes and, you know, but if you, don't put yourself out there where somebody can see themselves in you, then you never know who can go. I want to be just like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so that's, you know, another thing for you to think about, like, you know, if you, especially if you're going onto this journey as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, <laughs> it seems to be uh, where I started out as, right. So as an entrepreneur, then it's sort of like, Oh, I'm, I'm not just the one thing, right. I'm a mompreneur because I'm a mom and I, Love the fact that I can use this business model. I can also show my children what it means to be an uh, an entrepreneur, so they yeah. can be entrepreneurs. <laughs> they can, you know, yeah. see, oh, how mom makes her money now, you know. Uh, and then I then I pull them in to be a part of my business. And then it's like, hey, um, you know, I, I get my kids to do video, the you know, videos with me. And it's like, oh, this is content <laughs> posted on YouTube, you know, posted, so they get to be a part of the process. And um, and then it becomes more fun, right? People like to see fun things. They don't always see the dull, drab stuff, but they also like to see the hot messes. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> We're not always perfect. Right. And uh, I'm curious, like how many members or how many people you take in one group or one cohort in your coaching program? So I keep it small because again, for me, if I want to work with you and I'm intentional about you being able to do the work, my cohort is a max 10 people, 10, right? Because then it's like, it's a small group. I'll, I'll be able to coach you within these six weeks. So you get maximum effort and time with me in this sort of environment. So it's it's concentrated right now. Um, if I have more requests, I might open more cohorts. But again, it's, it's more like, let me see what I can work with you first. So this way it's like, you feel good about what you got out of it. Because like, I'm asking you to trust me. I want you to get your return on investment too. Yeah, yeah, sure. And how do you promote it? So for example, do you announce it one or two months in advance and then you start getting members and then you start the uh, the cohort on that specific day? Um, and then you also like have this sort of maybe countdown that, okay, seven mem- members are in, now just three members left or two members left. Do you also do this? Yeah. Like, tell me the entire process. I, I do. So I just ran a Black Friday sale. So it was like, hey, you know, I this is this is for you to, you know, learn the process of how do you create, you know, turn turn your ideas to income, right? So I, I ran a Black Friday sale. There was a ticking clock. You know, I gave them, you know, um, bonuses, but you have to have follow-up systems. Hmm. So this is another part of the business where, you know, you really need to have an, an uh, a CRM, like a, a customer um, or an email responder and automation system that you can then send out emails automatically. And this is why it's important for you to get people's emails, right? So when people sign up and they sign up for my leads in the book, I can email them. I've nurtured them say, hey, thank you for getting my book. Guess what? That's an opportunity for you to join my coaching program and you can get 
all of this good stuff on Black Friday because we all like sales uh, for this amazing price, right? Um, don't miss out. <laughs> Put in a bit of that FOMO. So it's intentional, but you also have to, you know, don't do don't do the one email and be done. No, you have to sort of think about what are the follow ups I can do because I don't know about you, but are you more of that last minute person when you see the ticket? I was like, oh, I need yeah. to get that. That's what you do. I mean, I got the most sales on that last second to last email because the clock was ticking down, right? When I first send it out, people are like, oh, I got some time. Oh, you know, I get, they get distracted. So it's like, you know, you have to sort of think about that. You do need an email marketing strategy. I will say that. So it's not just, um, you know, you keep nurturing your, your clients, right? So once they come into your world, the intent is the highest at that point because they bother to put in their email to get what you were giving them, or they bothered to open up their credit card and paid for something. That means they have high intent. At that moment, this is when you have to engage with them. This is when you email them and say, hey, thank you for being a part of my world. And then you set up expectations. Once a week, I'll be sending out tips and all of this, or, you know, um, and there will be some promotions once in a while, uh, but you can opt out of that. But you have to constantly also nurture and market to not market them but nurture them right so that when you do have a promotion it's like hey i'm running this if you're interested down here um but you know sometimes people have to hear things differently and it hits them differently so there's a i would always say like you know that always treat your emails as gold <laughs> you, you, these are people who have bought into your world so treat them like royalty so you can constantly nurture them give them the leads and then what you write in your emails too you can spin that out as content on on the different platforms right how can this email be posted on LinkedIn as a, as a little article? Cause sometimes what I do, like I don't want to duplicate efforts. <laughs> I have people who are on LinkedIn who follow me, but they're not necessarily on my list. So how can I still share that same content? And I always use storytelling as a tactic because that's one of the things I believe in. So how do I wrap um, the lesson in a story? And it could be the most mundane thing, right? It's like, oh my God, you know what? I forgot to click the button on my rice cooker. And then I just had to eat like a meal without my rice. And, you know, oh my God, as a Chinese person, that would be like <laughs> the worst possible thing to like forget to turn on the damn button on the rice cooker. Um, but then it's like, I only had half my meal. And so... And so I, I sort of tied that into the stories, like when you don't have all your components, it's like having having your 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 courses, but not an offer, right? So it's like you have it, but you don't have a means to sell it. It's not complete. It's like having yeah. having a curry chicken without the rice. It's like <laughs> I can still eat it, or vice versa. It's just not the same, right? So it's how do I wrap the lesson into also the promotion or the thing that I'm trying to sell? Um, and so that's what I like to do. Everything that I send out is like. I use the storytelling technique. That's what I tell them when you do presentations, right? How do you get tell a little story that gets them the hook that wants them, makes them want to listen, right? So it's like, oh, did you do this? Like how many of you like probably ate too much during Thanksgiving and then, you know, um, and then felt sick the next day and just, you know, slept for like 16 hours. <laughs> you know? So what's the lesson in that? And how do I teach that as part of a presentation thing, right? So that's that's some other tips that I like to do too. But yes, email nurturing, very important. So make sure you do that. Have a follow-up system. And don't worry about like um, emailing too much. And I think that's the thing, right? If you're constantly giving value, uh, then people don't mind reading. And also share a bit about yourself in every email. I, I pull pictures up from when I was in school saying, you know what? Back in the day when I used to play in a band, and it's a picture of me playing in the band, <laughs> you know. Um, but this prepared me to go on stage. And this prepared me to overcome nerves. So what is the lesson that I'm pulling out? And then people write back in my emails going, oh my God, I used to play this instrument. I'm like, oh, 
you know, it's it, which is great engagement, right? It's maybe not about the lesson itself, but it's like when they respond back, it's like this person read my email. So I think that's also a, a good way yeah. for you to sort of, you know, make sure that you keep your readers engaged with you, especially if you're an author, you wrote a book, <laughs> make sure you keep writing. So you also promote like um, this program, like idea to income. Do you think uh, in today's economy, is it easy or is it difficult to um, write a book and then use it as to build a six, seven, eight figure business? Like how difficult do you think it is? And if it is easy, like what do you think would be the actionable five or six steps in order to make it happen? Um, I think it is possible. I think the, the, the key thing is also like intention and consistency, right? Over time, but also not being afraid to fail it. I, I, there are some times where I launch and it's like crickets. <laughs> it's like, Oh God, one person showed up for the webinar and it's okay. We, we all have this journey and we have to learn. Right. So we can't quit at the first sign of like no shows. Yeah. It's part of experience like i is like failing forward is okay right what can i learn from this even if nobody shows up just do with a webinar anyway record it so you feel what it's like to still present it right so i i that's one of the things i do so I, I do a lot of free webinars i i you know hey and at the end it's like if you're interested in working with me more you can join me for this so how you know i i use webinars as a lead magnet too so it's like hey you can join my master class for free and then at the end you know i i work on giving them value 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 and then here's an opportunity for you to work for me if you'd like to it would be such an honor to serve you um so it's not a hard push but you know i've, I've sort of coaxed them along the journey so you know at, at the end of it they go oh so how many of us have done that too how many of us have have like listened to a webinar and go oh my god i need this in my life bye <laughs> right because you you have already helped them overcome some of the object, objections, but you can see like God, if I can do this, then I know that I can reach that. So I think there's you can do it, but you have to be intentional. But also you have to be okay with some failure failures. Like I said, the first couple of launches I did on my webinars, oh my God, did not make any sales, and it was like <sighs> nobody bought. And I was like, okay, well, what can I learn from this? Right, mm. I need to make fine-tune my pitch a little bit maybe it was a bit rocky maybe I didn't give up that so again right when you're on this journey you have to be have some grace for yourself <laughs> but also be okay to to fail you know what what's the flop what is the lesson in this flop so that's where the nuggets come from and then and then fine-tune and then say hey the next time it's like oh I got this it's like, oh so now it's at the point where it's like I I'm I have like 40 percent of people show up to to webinars which is pretty high yeah, um, yeah, people yeah. sign up you know, it's like, ugh, usually, you know, people don't show up. It's because, you know, I, I have those automated emails to to remind people to show up, <laughs> to give them the nudge and all that. And then, you know, you you give them reasons to stay for your webinar. And then, you know, you do follow-ups at the end. So there's, there's many things to make this work. If you wanted to get there, is are you willing to put in the work? And are you willing to be consistent and have a plan? Because, you know, it's one thing to write the book, but what are you going to do with it, right? If you want to launch it into those other things, then you have to have intention and in how you're going to do it. And what what are the little steps that you're going to do? And it's sort of like, you know, building that that muscle every time to do it. So, um, so yes, it's, it's, it takes a while. And, and I, 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 I struggle with some of that to myself. It's like, some days it's like, oh, the kids get sick. It's like, oh, yeah. I have to take that. I, I can't focus on this. And so sales did not go as much as it. But you know what it is? It's it's part of life, right? Um, and I can't imagine going back to my nine to five. So it just has to work. 
<laughs> yeah. What do you think how your book has impacted your personal and professional life? Like if you compare your life before your book and then after the book, what has changed? I think just a sense of accomplishment for yourself, right? So many people, how many people can say I wrote a book? Not that many. So mm. for me, I think, and also I, I hearken this a little back to um to my dad. He he was a newspaper um editor. So he writing was in his blood. And I think that writing was in my blood too. Although he red penned me to death back in the day when I was in school. I would read my my reports and he would get out his red pen and like slash everything down. Um, but you know, it was like an homage to my dad. Like, dad, I wrote a book. Uh, and thank you for for editing when I was back at school, right? So for me, one part of it was um, that legacy, again, right? Being able to say, hey, I wrote a book. And now my kids know, oh, mommy wrote a book. Um, but also the other thing too is is just bragging rights. <laughs> bragging rights to say, I'm a published author. Um, I did it, a bucket list item in a way. Um, but then other opportunities can pop up, right? So I wrote one book. I might write another book. I might write a children's book. I might write another series on how to not suck at something else. So <laughs> how to not suck at starting a business. You know, I mean, oh gosh, there's there's so much to be, so much to learn from the lessons of the one thing. How can I then apply this to other parts of my life? Love it. And what suggestions do you have for aspiring writers who are still struggling to write their book? Um, Keep at it. <laughs> I know this is like my, but, but what is, Sometimes it's it's um it's hard to see the the end of the line, right? So um just think about the the value that you want to share with the world and also believe that someone out there can relate to your message. Right? There there's so many people out there. So don't think that there's an an overwhelming um, number of people writing on this thing. But guess what? You're writing it from your perspective, your unique experiences. What makes you, you is your special sauce that somebody can relate to, right? So somebody can read and go, oh, that's me. Oh, I can, you know, so don't think that, um, you know, nobody will, you won't reach anybody because I really do believe that you will touch somebody with what you have to, sh with your shared experience and all those sort of things that you have. Uh, and that's what people love, right? To sort of hear from, from other people who are experiencing the same struggles as they are and they just can't articulate it themselves. Uh, and, you know, you have a way to do it. And if you're struggling, just, just take it one step at a time. Maybe it's just, you know what? Today, I'm just going to write one sentence. And then if that wasn't too hard, then two sentences. And before you know it, it's like three, four. Um, and then just, you know, also try to keep an ending. <laughs> so it's not so open because sometimes if we sort of let ourselves sort of dream on, we won't do anything. So so give yourself a, a, a time frame. It's like, you know what? By December 31st, I at least want to get like my outline done or at least write two chapters or one chapter. So you 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 push yourself a little bit to get that little bit done because a little by little, you know, adds up to a lot. So you yeah. you can do it, but just stay focused um, and, and give yourself little targets so that you can get there at the end. You know what, fun? Uh, it was really fun chatting with you. <laughs> so uh, you are really um, good with communication, by the way. The way you speak, the way you deliver your message, uh, you sound very authentic. And uh, of course, so if you are the author of How to Not How to Not Suck at Presentation, like you are the legitimate author. So um, where people can find you and about your book and about your coaching program and the courses. 
wonderful. So as you can see from my wonderful uh, background here, um, fernchan.com, be the presenter everyone remembers. You can get a copy of my book, learn more about the programs that I offer. And also I run quite a few um, free masterclasses and, and webinars as well. So join me there. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am at Fern Chan or at um, Instagram at Fern Chan Presents or find me on Facebook, Fern Chan Author. And I would love to connect with you and tell me what, you know, what your next presentation is. Maybe I can help you out in, in what you want to do. Or if you have any other questions that you'd like to know about um, how to not suck at presenting, <laughs> happy to help. Awesome. Love it. So go check out how not, how not to suck at presentations on Amazon and also check out fernchan.com. And uh, thank you so much for joining in today. Oh, what a pleasure. Thank you so much, Vikrant, for having me. Have me back on again. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> so...